Oh, yes. we're live. Yes, we are. Except Rain not really. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do the intro. You're doing great. You do a great job every time. Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is October 29, 2021. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Andre Nasri. And I'm Summer Lee. To infinity and beyond. He didn't. He didn't actually say and beyond in the trailer, which really pissed me off. Right. He just. He just. He just stopped at and. Um, I'm saying it for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. you got it out of my system. Thank you. But how excited are we, the kids, the little kids in us? Yes, after Toy Story Four, we've just been like, okay, what now? You know, like us, us millennials who grew up with the damn series, we're just like, what are we supposed to do? Get back to regular life? No, I refuse. So yeah, in case you don't understand what we're talking about, <laughs> with the trailer for Lightyear, Disney Pixar's um, latest offering. Has been released, and um, you know it, it looks pretty exciting. Like another possible um, great animated entry from Pixar. Well, I'm always excited about that, but I'm not entirely sure um, from the trailer what it's going to be about. It's certainly not. Uh, it's, it's not about the actual toy Buzz Lightyear, is it? Wait, is it? No, because it's like the the, the character is like an actual person. We really played by Chris Evans this time. Yep. See, oh again, this shows that between the two of us, I am the, the movie nerd who actually pays attention. I don't. And 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 Summer is the uh, Fast and Furious fan. I have not. I literally have not seen a Fast and Furious movie. Superficial. <laughs> Little shit, but I'm like... Yeah, it's Captain America now. Um, he's gonna he's done playing Captain America, and then now he's gonna do a little toy. I think I think my theory is he is the character or like a movie character in that universe upon which the toy line is based on. Isn't that creepy? <gasps> oh shit! So no relation to that guy. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm waiting to hear the the definite theory that people are gonna actually do. Or yeah, we can just wait ne- until next year when we can actually watch it in cinemas. I hope you will be able to by then as well. Right. Wait, why? Oh, because, you know, everything's closed for you in Singapore, right? Right now? Oh, cinemas are open, buddy. Really? Yeah, dude. But, like, you have, like, all time. Hello, COVID. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have to sit in, like, groups of two. And then there are two seats in between every groups of, group of two. Yeah. Well, that makes right. sense. Yeah, I just watched Zola. It was beautiful, by the way, just saying. Oh, my God. What did you watch? Zola. It's an A24 film. It was based off a series of tweets. It's beautiful. You're into A24? Um, as a casual fan, <laughs> I would say. I'm just very casually. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a film nerd because I am not. Oh, that's interesting. Very casually. Just, I'm, like, you, I just, I'm just you know, looking at you in a whole new light now. Why? <laughs> because I thought you were a Fast and Furious fan. I am not. I just told you I've never seen a damn film. <laughs> but anyway, you said you're going to say something about a, t- a funny tweet related to um, Lightyear. Go on. 
somebody said because like obviously the character design is different from the freaking toy <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. said this this is the type of guy to switch off his body cam and i'm like oh my God. i'm dying <laughs> that probably didn't hit as hard as it would but as i thought it would but when i saw it i was like okay time to <laughs> log off <laughs> right 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 from a man painting artwork with his pp to alien worshippers in bangkok Coconuts TV brings you wacky and impactful documentaries from across the region. Don't miss out. Head down to our Coconuts TV YouTube channel to subscribe and enjoy. Anyway, what have we got this week? I don't know, man. The rhinoceros in the room is that, you know, this NOC shit is still happening. And I guess as a publisher, um, reporting on weird news from around Southeast Asia, like you said in the intro, of mm-hmm. course we had to talk about it. So... We do mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Um, our editor who has been writing most of these stories. And yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you just have to listen to see what's about. Yeah, you were so into um, reading that story um, last week. You're like, <laughs> you went off on tangent here and there. And then I was like, <laughs> wow, this must be huge in Singapore. And um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll hear more about that later. Nice. Okay. And our top stories oh. for the week. We start off in Bali, where tourists are cancelling their Bali trips after PCR tests became mandatory for domestic flights, according to the Hotel Association. Yeah, I cancelled mine a long time ago. Not because of that, but because of the rain. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Why would you travel now? Well, I guess they just kind of, like, opened up now, so people are going mm. batshit crazy. Understandable. Same shit here in Singapore. Boo. Tourism service providers in Bali are lamenting Indonesia's mandatory PCR tests for air travelers, which they say have led to the cancellation of bookings in recent days. E. Wayan Karyasa, who heads the Indonesian Hotel and Restaurant Association, also known as the PHRI chapter in Karangasem Regency, said domestic travelers are canceling the hotel bookings in the area after PCR tests, which you might know as the gold standard for COVID-19 testing, became mandatory for domestic flights. (laughs) In the uh, as the government seeks, of course, to minimize false negatives, people were planning on holidaying in Bali or because of work, but PCR tests have turned into an added expense, according to Karyasa. Previously, fully vaccinated Indonesians were allowed to board a plane with a negative result from an antigen test, while the partially vaccinated must obtain a negative PCR test result. Antigen tests, uh, which cost around IDR one hundred thousand, which is around seven point zero eight USD. Um, are about one fifth of the price of PCR tests. Actually, they've kind of they've lowered that just um, oh, for a real? while ago. So now it's like a third of the test of the price, but still okay. pretty pricey. Right, right. E. Gusti Ngora Rai Surawajaya, who hits PHRI in Badung Regency, also echoed similar information, noting that there were reports of cancellations after the new domestic travel rules were announced. In my opinion. Requiring antigen rapid tests still makes sense. PCR tests shouldn't be forced under these conditions, especially when the visitors have already gotten two vaccine doses, said Surya Wajaya, and dramatized, you know, just for effect. In addition, Karyasa also pointed out that Indonesia's five-day quarantine requirement for incoming foreign tourists have also led to potential visitors cancelling or postponing their trips to Bali. So while these grievances are reasonable given the impact of the pandemic on Bali's economy, more than half of which is dependent on tourism, the travel requirements are necessary as the threat of coronavirus transmissions linger. And yeah, they kind of do. That shit still exists. Mm. In case y'all forgot. 
Um, but yeah, Governor Wyan Costa has stood in favor of these requirements in spite of protests from tourism players warning against the possibility of a new variant. So yeah. I fucking hope not. Absolutely fucking not. Let's move over to uh, Bangkok. Oh my god, a little bit of K-pop news. Yay. We were actually talking about Blackpink um, earlier. Mm-hmm. About um, my favorite Blackpink, Lisa. Even though I'm as casual as a fan could get. But you kind of opened my my naive eyes to um, the world of K-pop entertainment. That being someone who seemed to be so naturally beautiful is probably not entirely, you know, not fake. I mean, like, we are very pro-plastic surgery in this household. Um, but yeah... You- what sucks is when people say they don't get plastic surgery, but they do. Um, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a that sets a weird standard of beauty for people. So yeah, we don't hate plastic surgery, but we want to know it's there, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what specifically? What about Lisa? I I can't tell. Like, what about Lisa has been altered? She looks so goddamn natural. She does. So I'm like, please drop your surgeon's contact because yeah, just asking for a friend, you know. But yeah, um, I don't actually know all of this information by myself. I just follow YouTubers who go in-depth into every single surgery ever and the costings. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, so. So this is like top of the line <clears throat> treatments, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah, and it's South Korea happens to be where you do go for plastic surgery in the region, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm yeah. going to, when, when it's, when, when it's uh, possible, I'm going to go to South Korea to fix my nose. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the story. <laughs> La Lisa no Lisa. Blackpink superstar won't play Phuket New Year's Eve show. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Despite repeated claims this week that the fabulously popular Thai member of K-pop girl group Blackpink would perform for a countdown party, it is obvious now that that's definitely gonna happen. YG Entertainment announced that La Lisa Manoban, aka Lisa, will not attend New Year's party in downtown Phuket Town at the government's invitation. The entertainment group also said it hoped no confusion took place. Um, quoting their statement, we are very grateful for such a proposal to appear, but un- unfortunately, Lisa will not be able to attend the event. We hope that there should not be any confusion. Thank you. You're welcome. Two weeks ago, Thailand's top tourism official said they reached out to the 24-year-old superstar. She's 24. Wow. Yeah, dude. I imagine that like they've been so, they've been around for so long that you know she might have been 30 by now. Right. And she's freaking younger than me, but she's like probably twice my height. God damn. <laughs> all right. We all have our 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 virtues. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Anyway. So the 24-year-old superstar as well as 63-year-old opera legend Andrea Bocelli who are going to perform at Countdown Celebrations in Phuket and Bangkok, respectively. They were to be paid hundreds of millions of baht of the public's money to do so. In the past couple of weeks, top officials already uh, began bragging about an appearance by Bururam native Lisa as if they thought wishful thinking would make it come true. I mean, it worked for Peter Pan. True. So there hasn't been any official confirmation from Bocelli either. So it's going to be a Lisa-less New Year's Eve in Phuket. 
I'm sure they can find other ways to keep themselves entertained. Right, but what they just did? They already print out the flyer saying she was going to be there or something. <laughs> that would be I hope not. Oh man, but yeah, what a sick lineup, bro! It's like you know, Coachella just have a different has a different like lineup of artists. This sounds like it. It's like Coachella, but in Phuket, because Andrea Bocelli and Lisa, do you start a mosh pit or not? You know, over in Hong Kong, oof. This failed crash for cash scammer throws himself onto a car hood and walks away. And there's like, you need to click into this freaking article and watch the video because I am in tears. Crash for cash. But yes, this suspected crash for cash scammer in Kwantong has become the butt of internet jokes after a video emerged of him staging a fake accident which saw the car stop in time and him walking away um, unscathed. So <laughs> viral dashcam footage that circulated this week recorded the car driving along Charcoal Ling Road near residential estate Laguna City. Suddenly, a man sprints toward the, towards the car and raises his arms in the air, preparing to launch himself onto the hood. But the driver, who was likely startled by the man, um, honestly, same, had already pulled to a complete stop. And as the man jumps... His hands land flat on the hood of the stationary car. He then turns around before walking back to the pedestrian road as the car drives off to making for a decidedly anticlimactic end to the ploy. And yeah, you just really have to watch the freaking video. And yep, I can't thank understand God for Cantonese. dash cam. So. Hell yeah. Um, mm. I can't understand Cantonese, but I assume they were swearing at him afterwards. <laughs> Say one Cantonese swear word if you know one. Oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> So the incident happened around 8.30 p.m. on a Sunday, according to markings on the dash cam footage. Mm-hmm. Got the receipts and everything. But yeah, these crash for cash uh, schemes are scams in which fraudsters stage road accidents, gambling their own safety for a chance of receiving a settlement from the driver or profiting from an insurance claim. In March, police officers arrested four people after investigating a car collision that turned out to be a scam. While looking into the case, uh, police uncovered a conversation recorded by a dash camera in which passengers in the vehicle instructed the driver to deliberately slow down before the car behind rammed into them. Oh, honey. So officers said that the gang plotted the crash to apply for a cash handout under the government's traffic accident victim assistance scheme, according to the South China Morning Post. Nobody has been arrested in connection with the Sunday night incident, and police also shared the clip on its official Facebook page, adding that it strongly condemns pedestrian severely risky behavior and is appealing for anybody with information to come forward. Offenders found guilty of staging fake traffic accidents can receive up to 14 years imprisonment under the fraud clause of the theft ordinance, as well as a fine of up to 2,000 Hong Kong dollars, that's around 257 USD, under the road traffic ordinance. Big oof. This is such a stupid, risky thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like- Sure, there's like the remote chance of you getting that settlement if you time it perfectly, impeccably right. Mm-hmm. Or you get found out, thrown into jail for 14 years, or you actually get hit by the fucking car. Right. And die, you know? Did we ever think about that? I don't know. But it's also like, People. shit, our time's so hard. Oh my god, that's so sad. They probably do it for the thrill of it. Oh god. Anyway. We're moving on to some to a sad um, story in um, courtesy of Coconuts Jakarta. 
So um, Indonesia mourns Canon the dog amid allegations of animal brutality in the hands of authorities in the province of Aceh. Mm. So um, by all accounts, Canon was an ordinary dog who loved his human like any other. But his death broke the hearts of many in Indonesia and sparked huge outcry over alleged animal brutality in the hands of public order officials in Aceh. According to reports, Canon called Aceh's Banyak Islands district home and belonged to the owner of a resort on one of the islands. An animal protection group said that in anticipation of a plan to transform the island into a halal tourism destination starting on November 5th, the Public Order Agency, also known as the Satpol Pipi, uh, their officers who are not, uh, we must note that, who are not professional animal handlers. So they've been rounding up critters considered incompatible with Islam's um, halal uh, ideals. That category includes dogs and cannon. So there was a video that went viral over the weekend that shows several Satpol Pipi officers attempting to catch the black dog with one using a long wooden pole to trap him. I, I couldn't uh, bring myself to watch the whole thing. That wasn't like that wasn't even the worst of it, like what was depicted in the video. Um, but it was still pretty disturbing stuff. So after the video, uh, the incident depicted in the video, Cannon was reportedly placed inside a small basket that was covered all around with tarp. As Satpol Pipi was going to transport him to Sinkil Regency in the mainland. However, he suffocated in the sack uh, in the uh, little container and died on the journey. What the hell? Um, Cannon's owner, who was not present at the time of the capture, was supposed to pick him up in Cinco if tragedy hadn't struck. In a, in a viral Instagram post, um, uh, the person wrote in the voice of Cannon um, about what a lovable and friendly dog he was and detailed the brutal abduction by the uh, Satball PP officers. Um, to quote that um, post, uh, a passage from it, it reads, um, Oh God, I was tortured to death by people I wanted to make friends with. What did I do wrong? Why did they torture me? I hadn't met my owner yet. So that post um, tugged at heartstrings and went hugely viral over um, the weekend, last weekend, attracting sympathy from many in Indonesia, including animal protection groups and celebrities. But Banyak Island's district head, Mukhlis, uh, defended the actions of the Satpol PP officers, saying that Cannon was actually a problematic dog who had bitten two residents in the past. So it, it evolved into a, a he said, she said uh, kind of situation. Quoting the uh, district head, we have sent notices to the owner since 2019. The head of the village has also warned them. But the warnings went unheeded by the resort owners who kept the animal at the tourist site. Two people have been bitten, and there were also those who were chased by the dog that um, they dropped their belongings and phones into the sea. So um, following the story, um, the owner actually came forward. And I don't know if there was a, a bit of pressure here from authorities or not, we can only speculate, but he has since said that um, he took no issue with Cannon's death and that the uh, 
officers had acted according to protocol and that there would be no charges filed. So yeah, we don't know what's going on here. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, but we do know that a dog lost his life for nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's a cutie pie too. Please look at the picture. He's so cute. He's your good boy. Rest in peace and doggy heaven. <sighs> Moving over to KL. American Burger joined Five Guys is opening their pork-free outlet in Malaysia. And yay, good for y'all. I haven't had Five Guys. Any good? Not bad, not bad. But Shake Shack is right there, so that's the answer. Loud and clear. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yes, Five Guys opened its first Malaysian outlet at a popular tourist spot in Pahang. And Malaysians eager to customize meals with Five Guys' um, 15 signature toppings like grilled jalapenos, uh, green peppers, and hot sauce may do so. It's 2,600 square feet space at the Sky Avenue shopping mall in Genting Highlands. So, oh my God, good for you. So the burger joint recommends its classic cheeseburger going for 40 ringgit, or that's around $9.60 in USD. Those with dietary restrictions will also be glad to know that the menu is pork and lard-free. Makes Dude, sense. 40 ringgit is pretty steep. Yeah. For 40 ringgit in kale, I can get like a whole chicken at my favorite um, chicken rice store. Yes, I'm very <laughs> into chicken rice. <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> a whole chicken mm-hmm. summer. A whole chicken. But also try five guys once, I would say. Yeah, try once, then you'll decide whether this one or Shake Shack. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. But yes, foodies can also customize their milkshakes. Uh, that's 10 ringgit, around 250 USD. With eight flavors, including salted caramel, chocolate, and malted milk, the fries from 25 ringgit, or, you know, 6 USD, are cooked with peanut oil. Mm. So Five Guys was founded in 1986 in Washington, D.C. by brothers Jerry and Janie Murrell. But decades later, um, there are more than 1,700 locations worldwide, including Singapore, China, and Hong Kong. But not Jakarta. Not yet. I I don't know why I said that. I'm not sure when. Yeah, yeah. Don't get our hopes up. But we just uh, we did just just get Subway. So, yay us. Yay you. And in Manila, or technically not in Manila, because, but as published by Coconuts Manila, are you fully vaxxed? You can travel to Boracay soon without the RT PCR. Planning to visit the island of Boracay soon? You can soon travel without presenting a negative. RT-PCR result if you are fully vaccinated. In a recent press conference, ACLAN Governor Florencio Miraflores, what a flowery name, mm-hmm. committed to waiving the need for negative RT-PCR results for fully vaccinated tourists once the island's vaccination rate reaches 100%. Governor Miraflores said that the move is meant to revive Boracay's tourism industry. Boracay currently receives an average of 700 tourists a day, significantly lower compared to its daily tourist arrivals of 6,000 pre-pandemic, the governor said. With the lifting of Ackland's modified expanded enhanced enhanced quarantine, uh, or the MECQ for short, in September, Boracay's tourist arrivals grew to 6,702 in September and 17,995 in October. Uh, the Department of Tourism, uh, adorably known as DOT, 
currently projects the island's vaccination rate at 62.78% among the eligible population, with 91% of tourism workers fully jabbed. According to Tourism Secretary Bernadette Romulo Puyat, she is confident that the island will reach full inoculation by the end of the month. No new active cases on the island have been recorded since October 18. Good for you, Barke. A pretty little island, too. Uh, I wish we had islands. You are an island. <laughs> like Utah islands? I was just like full of buildings. Ew. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I give you that. Okay. Okay. I go, I go to the next one. Okay. Here we go. Over in Singapore! Girl. A massive pest infestation closes Singapore's Pufu Boulangerie indefinitely. Oh, girl. Oh, my God. Disgusting. Anyway, so this Singapore bakery has gotten caught for allowing pests to get a piece of its bread. God damn. The Pufu Boulangerie was ordered to halt operations until further notice by the Singapore Food Agency after cockroaches and rats were found roaming around food preparation areas and delivery trucks at its central kitchen at Kampong Ampat. Ampat. My bad. Yo. Let me say it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, food products sent to its 16 outlets were recalled. Disgusting. So in a statement by the Singapore Food Agency, they said uh, during an inspection of the said premises, massive pests, live cockroaches, bracket, live cockroaches, rodent activity, and a dead rodent, close bracket, Infestation was observed in the food preparation areas and also in both the food delivery trucks, it wrote in a release, adding that inspectors also found several lapses and poor maintenance of the premises. Okay, so the boulangerie announced that it would close temporarily, but it has since reopened. Um, Calls made to several outlets were not answered, so, you know, we tried. But yes, unhygienic food operators can be fined up to... 10,000 Singapore dollars and sentenced to 12 months in jail if they do not comply with the agency's food safety regulations. Well, what are they known for? Um, bread. Bread and shit. I actually don't really buy their stuff and thank God. I don't know, it's kind of like a cute little bakery you can get. Loaves of bread. Baguettes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Birthday cakes. Whole bunch of pastries. Well, they be they baguetting um, <laughs> a possible... <laughs> It's a $10,000 fine now. <laughs> You're on a roll. A bread roll. Uh, oh. <laughs> this summer is why we are the hosts of the Coconuts Podcast. Yeah, they chose the people with the, with the least amount of brain cells. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. In Yangon, a little uplifting story yay you have the power u.s president tells worried burmese girl is he just saying that he's just being nice maybe i don't know yeah anyway on the same day u.s president joe biden recommitted his country to asean a much smaller personal message got through to a young burmese student living in california and a letter delivered this week to fifth grader Dorius Thang, Biden responded to the 10-year-old's unhappiness over the abuse of Myanmar civilians by soldiers acting on behalf of the ruling junta. <clears throat> Should I do my Biden voice? No, I, uh, I don't. Hell yeah. I, I, can't, 
I can't sound like a geezer. I'm just too young. <laughs> I'll just do my normal voice. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with me. Vice President Harris and I love hearing from students. Even at your young age, you have the power to change the future and make history. Biden wrote in the letter which was made public by the girl's mother, Esther Hua. Hua, originally from Chin State, where tensions are running high between the military and local insurgent forces, said her daughter had announced to her that she would write to the president, a.k.a. the leader of the free world. Um, she expressed her feelings and stated she would write a letter to President Joe Biden, requesting that, that I look up the address on Google, she wrote on social media. Can we find his address on Google? Because if so, I'm totally going to email him. <laughs> Same. And be like, yo. What the heck is up, yo? This, this vaccine inequality. Mm -hmm. Anyway, in it, Doris expressed sympathy for Myanmar refugees, her grandma and family back in Myanmar. She finished the letter and handed it on to me. When I looked at it, I could see how strong her feelings were. I told her she needed to polish it. She told me the next day that she had forwarded it to the White House. When you make your voice heard, adults listen, Biden added in, in his response, which was dated October 20th and came on White House stationery with a photo. Speaking remotely, Biden told ASEAN members meeting in Brunei that the United States had grave concerns about the violence in Myanmar and committed over a hundred million US dollars in new spending in the region. In an unprecedented move, Myanmar pulled out of the summit after ASEAN barred coup leader General Min Aung Hlaing from attending. It was the first time an American head of state had participated in an ASEAN summit since former President Donald Trump ended the practice after 2017. So yeah, uh, this just goes to show that maybe, you know, if, uh, there are more little girls like Darius. The future can be bright. Hell yeah! Now to find that email Kids address. care. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta talk to you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Drop your address, just want to talk. And our guest for this week um, is none other than Coconut Singapore's own Carolyn, who is going to talk to us about, well, every freaking thing that um, Singaporeans have been talking about from freaking Chuachukang to Changi. It's the freaking NOC saga. Hi, Carolyn. Hello. <laughs> yes, welcome, yes, welcome. Yes. Hello. Yeah, hello. So yeah, I didn't understand a lot of the a lot of those <laughs> references you made summer obviously because I'm not in Singapore. I don't know what's going <laughs> okay. on here. But I, you know, in my research for this story, I I found uh like the first piece about the scandal dating back to like October 8th or something, definitely early October. So yeah, so there've been a lot of follow-ups since uh about this NOC scandal. And it's obviously huge in Singapore. It's all you. It seems like it's all you're, you guys are talking about. So, for someone who is outside of Singapore, like me, Carolyn, can you give give us a quick rundown of the scandal? Oof! Quick rundown. Okay. 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 Ready? Ready? <laughs> as always, as, I'll try as my best. I'll try my best to keep it concise because basically, like this whole NLC thing is just what I'm I'm writing about like right now. So, 
Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, this whole thing started in like late September. So basically, there were like a bunch of screenshots of like bad customer, uh, sorry, bad company reviews on Glassdoor, which is like a website where like employees anonymously like review companies. So these right, screenshots right. were like circulating online, but I, I, I remember they weren't like naming any names. They were just like commenting on like the general like working environment and like how toxic it was and like and basically just like calling onto the management to do more and then like shortly after there's this like instagram account called sg chicken rice that went viral it had like posts of like screenshots of like text conversations uh video voice recordings like calling the management and the co-founder silver chan outler so like there were mainly complaints about the company's like work ethics and like WhatsApp conversations with like Sylvia, like insulting the talents, calling them names, singling them out, and like even like personal attacks, like them claiming that she has an like, an affair with like someone during her marriage or something. Yeah, that one came out of nowhere. So then um Sylvia brought in like lawyers, uh and then the uh, she sent the Instagram account like a cease and desist letter. And they got them to remove all the posts. And then the SG Chicken Rice also hired lawyers for themselves also. And then later on, like, uh, there's this separate blog page that came up that was said to be set up by, like, current and former employees. So it was just, it contained, like, a bunch of allegations with, like, more screenshots of, like, text conversations. Um, like, it had like a bunch of like video recordings of Zoom meetings, like showing like Sylvia's like unprofessional behavior, like during a meeting with like her employees and like a bunch of other things like her misappropriating funds, like uh, offering one of her talents up for like sex with someone from a local like career service, like in, ex- mm-hmm. in exchange for like a service that she wanted. And then like Sylvia reported uh, this to like, she filed a magistrate's complaint and then the police investigation started. So, and then I think recently she sat down with Xiaxue, uh, which is another one of uh, Singapore's famous influencer. And that interview lasted like two hours. So basically she like spilled more tea. Uh, but this time she's targeting like her ex-husband, Ryan, who is the sole director of NOC. So, so like essentially she, this scandal, sorry, is a mix of um, legal wrongdoing and a lot of ethical yeah a lot of personal attacks as well yeah so like she she said that like her ex-husband ryan like was suicidal and like his vulnerableness like forced her to become like the bad cop of the company like hence like her crass behavior towards employees like that something like that and then she also said that um he had several like crushes on like female employees that put a strain on their marriage which turned out you know, not to be happy according to like what they were portraying their marriage online. So yeah, and then now we have, we're here with like Ryan's like latest response, like which basically says that he has had enough of this and he basically just wants to move on and leave matters to authorities and like his lawyers. So yeah, we're we're stuck with that now. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of mess. <laughs> And that's what you missed on Glee. Holy shit, that was very concise. And yeah, that was a perfect rundown of things. It was chronological. That was A+. Yeah. All she did Thank was spit bars today. Beautiful. Yep. yep. Oh my god. But yeah, it's like so many freaking things because like we don't know what exactly to focus on. Um, 
it has spiraled out of control. There's some personal attacks, like you said. So are we control. Yeah. Right. But yeah, are we certain that this is not manufactured social media drama? Um, I mean, I don't know. They are an entertainment channel after all, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, if this is all planned, like I'd say, this is one of the best dramas ever. But I don't, oh, I don't know. Boy. Like, um, Ryan said, yeah, the whole country's talking not- about it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Ryan said, he has nothing to do. Like he did, he doesn't know who's behind the SG Chicken Rice account. Uh, he has nothing to do with the leaks and everything. So I don't know. Like up till today, we don't know. Like we don't have confirmation on who is behind the account. And mm-hmm. which employees are the ones that like set up the block page? So yeah, I don't know. We're stuck with like nothing here. Well, hopefully not, because then that would be really vile. Yeah. But like, I might, I'm, I'm to understand that these people are basically Singapore's like most renowned social media personalities, right? Um, you know, so what has the scandal done to the re- reputations of those involved, uh, like Sylvia Chan, um, most notably? Um, she, I know like a bunch, uh, like Colgate Singapore and like Milo dropped her, like, cause they were collaborating with her before. So they terminated their collaborations. Um, as for Ryan, I don't think his image is as tainted because I think more people are siding with him, uh, cause he has like friends who are like speaking up for him online. Uh, when, well, it's just like Silva by herself on the other side. So I, uh, not much reputation has been damaged for Ryan, I guess. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Then, then of course, like from the from the giant Blogspot. And I'm like, yeah. hey, what? We're still using Blogspot in 2021. That's beautiful. <laughs> Bring it back. Oh, it, exactly. It has been removed, by the way. Like I checked <gasps> it. It was gone. So Are I don't serious? know. Yeah, it's gone. Oh my God. What's happening? Oh, well. it's Hoffman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure how that law works. Um <laughs> But yeah, okay, so what about the staff who was allegedly offered up for sex? Has she spoken up since? So there are speculations on who it is specifically, but no, mm-hmm. she hasn't said anything yet if that is her in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like she, in the interview, Sylvia said that she was just um, setting her friends up with like rich people. And she even said that the woman that people speculated uh, told her that the night was fun anyway. So like, I don't know if people are like buying this, buying her like defense or whatever. I mean, it, be, it I mean, it could be true. Sometimes things get exaggerated, but no, the the woman identified has not been. Um, she she hasn't spoken up if it is in her life. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And um, yeah. So it a lot of things are unclear, but um, what about the company's fate? Is it still um operating? Is it still functioning? Are the employees still around or or are they all like in we- a weird place like in a limbo at the moment uh she said that there are currently like 30 employees running the company and i don't think like i just checked their their channel they haven't posted like two weeks Ooh. so it has been silence on their part um but she also said that the company lost like a quarter of a million dollars worth of brand deals in like the first week of the scandal mm-hmm. so oof yeah. So so people might have lost jobs because of this. Yeah. But there were a lot of people oh, who resigned as well. So mm. do we do we know how many? Do we have a number? Um over fifty, if I'm not <gasps> saying, yeah. Have resigned. And that was before the all this blew up. No, no, this this was uh when when this blew up, then people like started oh, to resign. Yeah. Shoot. Oh wow. 
This is huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Fifty mm-hmm. people. That is a small country. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, could there be any legal fallout? Do you think against Sylvia for misappropriation of funds and or alleged sexual exploitation of staff? Do you think? Um, she she just uh, in the interview she said that uh, she's currently working with the government authorities to like clear her name because mm-hmm. the sexual exploitation allegation is like being classified under like a sex trade, so it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So she says she's like working working to to cooperate with the government to like you know prove that she's like innocent. Damn, but but like Singaporean law is pretty tough on on, on these um allegations, right? Yeah, they're super strict on I mean, whatever that she is alleged of, she has mm-hmm. to prove that um it, she didn't do it all. Like she has to come out with all the receipts and everything to all these government authorities that are like hounding her, making sure that these are not true. Oh man, this is gonna take a while. Yeah. Yeah, and and you were of course referring to the two hour long uh, video interview with that other influencer, Shushu, is it? Yeah, Shushu. Yeah, sure. Close, close enough, bud. Did I did I fuck that up? Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's hot as hell. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So two hours long. What stood out for you? Like any huge revelations there? <sighs> I mean, she just kept dropping like bombshells after bombshells in the whole two hours. It wasn't just her like addressing the allegations. It was her. Well, she was also speaking out against her ex-husband Ryan. So it was just a bunch of like a, a continuation of like he said, she said. Mm. And I was also thinking like, why did she choose to do this interview with Siasha of all people? Like, I mean, because right? she's her friend Shasha. as well. Yeah. So like. Sasha said that she's she was gonna start the interview like neutral, but I feel like at the end she was kind of swayed by her friend Sylvia. So I don't know, <laughs> kind of a bad decision. That is absolutely a choice because, like you said, out of all people on earth, I think there's six million people in Singapore. I could be wrong, but yeah, yeah, that's like um, that's like the equivalent of Donald Trump being interviewed by Han- Hannity or something. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, so so about NOC, right? Because like, so this all stemmed from um, allegations of employee mistreatment, right? Um, in that case, could you tell us about the type of uh, content that NOC produces and like, you know, their reach maybe or like who might be their target audience? Um, I, I think they're best known for producing food reviews, uh, mm-hmm. lifestyle vlogs and like comedy skits. So that's when like all they'll bring in all their talents and then they'll like you know, to just have fun and and I think they produce content um I guess targeting the younger audience but I also feel like their content is relatable to both younger and older. So yeah, I it's a I think it's a variety of I'm not sure because I don't I don't personally watch their content because so I went from like knowing nothing about them to knowing like a bit too much about them. <laughs> So, <laughs> see, that was going to be the other question. Do you watch their content? Because I, I don't either, but you know, I'm not sure. That's why I'm trying to figure out who's the target audience. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch them. But then I, I'm, I'm because I know like how, how big of a presence they are in Singapore, lah. But, mm. but yeah, I think they do a lot of salacious content, also like a lot of sexual content targeting like a younger generation, like <gasps> like clickbait those kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also do like you know food and everything that's like relatable to everyone. So I think it's a, mi- a mismatch of like everything. So just to recap, hungry, um, 
sexually curious and just straight up um, curious Singaporeans of all yeah. ages. <laughs> yeah, and well, but that's, that's, a, like, that's a pretty broad audience. Yeah, yeah, they also do like I mean, because their marriage was uh, very public, I guess. Like when they got a divorce, they even got one of those like we got a divorce kind of videos. So mm. I guess they were like milking their marriage uh, content as well. Bro, so, yeah, one of those. God damn it. Yeah. Now, now I have to go and look and see if that video is monetized because now I'm very invested. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure it is. <laughs> but so, so would you say okay? So the uh, all the shittiness and the cringe aside, you would say that they're probably one of the most um, renowned um, social media companies in Singapore. Um, would you say that they have birthed like influencer talent in Singapore as well, like over the years? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um, their following is like they have over a million uh, subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But then, but then I think because of this scandal, it kind of dipped to just like I think um, just slightly. I think they they lost. They definitely lost a lot of followers. Um, yeah, but they also had a lot of talents that that is now popular and they have their own following of their own online. So yeah, I think they're one of the more popular. Uh, local YouTubers, I'd say. Nice, nice. In that case, what do you think this means for the local YouTube scene? Like, seeing as you know, they are so huge, and we're kind of maybe losing them. I mean, I'm not sure where their business is going after this, or how they might recover. But yeah, how do you think it will affect mm-hmm. all Singaporeans? I mean, if, it's, if it's anything, I hope like it's a lesson for other local YouTubers or like any mm. other public figures. I mean, just keep your management under control, and maybe just don't air out your dirty laundry online. Like, maybe you don't need to know everything. <laughs> Some things are meant to be, you know, kept. But yeah, just maybe shush, shush. Just shush. <laughs> Life advice right here from Carolyn. Yeah. Shush. <laughs> but that's that's evidently hard for you millennials, huh? Like, keep mm-hmm. it to yourself. You got a story, this story, that, don't you, these days? Yeah. Mm. But like um, you mentioned that like they have um, affiliated influencers. How have they reacted? Like those influencers that are closely um, f- affiliated or even employed by NOC, have any have any stood out? Most of their employees actually uh, stood up for Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, other influencers like I think they are taking this chance to. Um, make fun of the situation they're like making light of it they're making like fun of it on like TikToks like making I get you're trying to get more views I guess jumping on the like bandwagon to like create more content about this because they know like this is getting viral so they're just trying to make as much content as they can about this yeah oh wow that's sort of another kind of worms huh like my freaking TikTok uh, for you page as some NOC content that's never been there before, but damn it. <laughs> it's filled. Yeah, man. Even on Twitter.com, I think Ryan was trending and then Sylvia was also trending, like, in Singapore. So, yeah, everyone's talking about it. are like, what's going on? <laughs> right, right. And then because I'm nosy, I also went to look at the Siashire video. It got, like, 600,000 views wow. overnight, which is kind of nuts. Hi, wait. Wow. 
Yeah. But yeah, this is so this is definitely a topic that has been talked about a lot in the past few days, uh, which has quickly evolved into a giant saga. You cheated. And then I don't know the fact that she add out the fact that, you know, he has suicidal tendencies, which is, oh, God, why did you say that? Um, yeah. Do you think the allegations of employee mistreatment were adequately addressed in all of this? No, because I think that the bulk of the allegations first started off focusing on like how toxic the workplace is. But then I feel like now it has shifted to like more personal attacks. Mm. Like the, the problems that we don't actually need to know, but they're like just there. So I don't think the problems that they face at work has been addressed. But um, maybe maybe they have um, settled it like non-publicly, but they haven't said anything. So I don't I'm not sure. Mm. And, you know, so after all that, um, it, it seems a lot to bite into. But how do you think all of this will end? Mm, I hope it has ended already. <laughs> like, I don't want to <laughs> jinx it, but I think it already has. Um, it's either Sylvia will release another, like, statement addressing, like, Ryan's, like, latest response. Or maybe, who knows, maybe she'll go on another interview. <laughs> 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 or... They'll just like leave this, like leave the matters to like uh, lawyers now and just bury this. Who knows? I love it. It's so weird to see because, right, they're like just taking turns to do stuff. And then people were asking Sasha, why don't you interview Ryan too? And she was like, yeah, I freaking reached out to him. And then some other people were saying, uh, were texting Jade Rassif and they were like, can you interview Ryan? And then she's like, I'm on fucking holiday, bro. Like, I just woke up in a 20th century mansion. I don't care about people's marriages. Yeah, I reached out to them, so nobody wanted to talk to me. So, give me your opportunity. <laughs> oh my god. Um, in that case, do you think this has been the biggest incident of employee mistreatment we've had in recent years in Singapore? Mm, in the public eye, yes. Um, we have a lot of information that nobody saw coming, and I feel like because. Um, yeah, they just have been throwing out all these allegations one by one, like almost every day. Mm -hmm. I don't think any other company has done that <laughs> before. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's probably the biggest incident. Hopefully, it has. Hopefully, it will get um solved soon. Like in terms of like the workplace issues and everything, not just the personal attacks. Carolyn, you've obviously been um talking and writing about this for the better part of the month. Um, and you're probably sick of it. I, you know, re like listening to it, I'm like, oh, really? Like a, a lot of groans from my end. But like, do you think the average Singaporean is still going to be engaged uh, as into whatever happens next? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, anything other than uh, COVID news, I think people will latch on to too because I think they are kind of sick of it. They want something fresh to focus on. And I think that this saga was it. Yeah, definitely entertaining, I have to say. Right, right. Fair it's enough. like, well, bored of Squid Game. So, yep. new thing. Yeah. Okay, that looks like all the time we have. Carolyn, thank you so much for explaining all of this so well, I might add. But yeah, it was very fun to thank learn you. about it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so that was interesting, um, truth be told. 
as somebody who has not uh, followed this um, beat by beat and uh, who does not live in Singapore, I'm still pretty lost. And it just sounds like a model of um, he said, she said, they said to me at the moment. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I am in Singapore, but that's all I've gathered as well. Accusations coming from left to right. Nick's maybe, I don't know. Uh, Sylvia might say something like, he always leaves the toilet seat up. So, oh, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I have no that's idea. a great crime. But I really like mm-hmm. what um, what Carolyn said about uh, how this is uh, a way for people to uh, distract themselves from all the COVID talk. Mm. Yeah. I just hope that in the end, that um, justice is served. If indeed the allegations are true. Absolutely, because this, uh, I don't know, it was just a lot all at once. And yeah, I think we're still picking apart like which ones are the most serious of crimes, but yeah, justice for the employees. Mm-hmm. And as, as fatigued as Carolyn said she was about this, uh, you, you can be sure to keep um, reading Coconut Singapore for the latest updates on this story. They're very diligent about it. They're like on top mm. of this. Hell yeah. And that's all we have for this week. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a Coco Plus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy our fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Need something to go on your head? How about your wall? We've just dropped some limited edition exclusive merch for our 10th anniversary. Check them out at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Andra Nasri. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez and our editor is Paul Medina. Paul Medina.